Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell here to break down everything Auburn football because week one is in the books. Jason and I were both in attendance, so uh, we're going to recap everything that happened in the first showing of the Harson era and obviously preview what's to come in week two. But first, got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using our promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. And also... A whole lot of Ben this week. Jay, I got another ad to read, fam. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Interrupting my flow. All right. Our other sponsor, Balance 7. We have talked about this a few times on the show, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Also, as we all know, this is somebody who has had substantial health issues, a life-threatening issue, actually, uh, and he credits Balance 7 to helping him get back to tip-top shape so he could play basketball again. It's a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements, but in liquid form. You can see how Balance 7 has helped a lot of people, and right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel the pH-balancing drink go to work and then decide if you want to continue. So again, that's balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. All right, Jay, now you can go. <laughs> what up, world? This your boy, Jay Cam, just checking in. Hey, everybody, I got a chance to see Taylor Davis in person last week. Can y'all believe it that we've been doing this show it happened two years? And I finally got a chance to see her at an Auburn game because she's always oh. covering away from Auburn. So That's true. And guess what? There was fans in the stands. So she got a chance to come back and see the jumbo scoreboard and actually oh, yeah. see the the intro the intro was cool uh, yeah the one that reed did oh, it was pretty cool so one day i might agree on jay you should what the heck yeah one just one day one day i'm just putting it out there for you know already, okay just so you it know. should it'll happen it'll happen Catch me while yeah. i'm looking young while i'm looking young please, please. <laughs> let's go ahead and make that happen soon right yeah right, uh, i'm looking young yeah no, oh my gosh, even when I was a student, the intro, the hype video, even the hype video for the band, yeah. I, I like want to run through a brick wall when I see that video, and the eagle goes without saying, and then the run out, all of that, the pregame hype is always my favorite, and getting to be down there this week, especially, it was a whiteout, which I had completely forgotten they were doing until I was there, um, and, you know, the return of a full capacity Jordan Hare and all of these students being back. And it was just electric. And so I was I was super glad to have been a part of it. I always love, though, the hype video going into yeah. the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one that Takeo does Tekio. now. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he does a really good on. job with that one. And we got to see the new light system. We didn't even talk about that. Yes, the $5 million light system, LEDs. Or was it probably okay. been more than that, but hey. You know, they got a chance to flicker in and out. Yeah, the lights got displayed and going into the fourth quarter when they did the Takeo hype video, they uh, had the lights going and they're orange and blue and flashing and 
I loved them. Like, I remember when we talked about them installing it and I was like, should that really be our focus right now? But then I experienced them and I was like, oh my God, those are awesome. So <laughs> I kind of get Especially it now. a big ball game. You can't wait to Georgia. No, oh. it's probably a CBS game. So it probably won't be dark yet, but Halloween game would be pretty fun. Ooh. When we play Ole Miss at home yeah. the day before Halloween. Which, goodness gracious, Ole Miss had quite a week one, even without their head coach, Lane Kiffin. We're going to talk around the SEC as well, but we're going to start out talking about our Tigers, who did get a win in week one, which, regardless of your opponent, that's the way that you want to start out the season. And uh, they did it big, 60-10, the first win of the Harson era. And... You know, I've seen so much since week one's results just about how, you know, how much state can you really put in a situation like that? Because there is such a level, good gracious, I could even see it on the sideline side. I mean, like your eyes can just see the difference between a school like Akron and a school like Auburn. It's, it's yeah. very evident. But there were a lot of teams in week one that played, quote, lesser opponents and didn't win by 50 and didn't put up over 600 yards of total offense. So I actually take a lot from this, and it was a great sign to me of how balanced things seemed. Honestly, offensively, obviously run and pass, but even defensively and what they were, everyone seemed, you could not tell that this was a brand new coaching staff. I think. No, you're 100% right. When I think about this team and what they accomplished on Saturday, I don't want to take anything away from, you know, away from the opponent. As far as saying Akron came in here, they was already 1-17 in the last two years. So my whole thing is I always tell guys, like, when you play a game like this, you're supposed to come out and dominate if that's the type of football right. team you're supposed to be. So don't be surprised by what you come out and do. Like, this is a team you should dominate, and that's what these guys did. They dominated Akron from the start to finish. And like you say, the thing I really enjoyed the most was seeing Bo kind of stay in the pocket. You know, you can kind of see him go from, you know, first progression to second progression, third progression. Yeah. Even though I said seven catches by the tight end, you had three. We meet in the middle at five. So Isn't that crazy? You know, <laughs> it was both kind of close. So we both win there. Um, I said I was that was going to happen, Jay. Yeah, I literally yeah. said somehow we're both going to be right. Yeah, and, and see, so we both was right. And then, like you said, like there were teams in, in week one, like you really don't know what you're going to get because – there's no film, especially when there's new coaches. Like you don't right. have, you have old tape with other personnel, but not with their new personnel. And when you look at Oklahoma and the way that they barely pull one out against Tulane. Two. And, you know, That's so it just goes to show you Northern Illinois beating Georgia Tech, like Vanderbilt losing to East Tennessee State. So there was teams out there that lost. And you can tell that coaches took notice of Auburn, what they did this weekend, because it wasn't a lot of turnovers. It wasn't a lot of false penalties, and those are yeah. the things you look for in week one is to see, okay, how, how much have the guys been paying attention to details? And it showed that these guys have been paying attention to detail because there was really no false starts for real. And No, it was I, clean. Yeah, it was a clean game. So when you think mm -hmm. about it, that means this team is well prepared. Coach Harsh has done a good job, and the AP has taken notice. They ranked Auburn in top 25 today. So mm -hmm. you know, not where we want to be at. We want to continue to keep climbing the, climbing the wall, but – it's, it's a start. And like I say, these first two games are just preparation for what the gauntlet of a schedule that we're going to face in the middle and towards the end. Exactly. And we knew that going into it. But I think that what was shown in week one probably exceeded expectations. It exceeded mine. I mean, I, I felt confident about the results of it. But I, I, you're absolutely right. No turnovers, four for four in the red zone, like just little execution things. I mean, we were scoring on every drive there until like the end of the third quarter when all the starters came out. I mean, there was just a soundness to this football team. And so many times when you're covering a, a coaching change, a whole new staff, blah, blah, blah. You hear all about the mentality and, and what it is. And obviously we've, we've driven it into the ground that Auburn's mentality and Harson's approach to this whole thing is attention to detail. He's a guy in talking to him last week, heading into the game, like he harps on being early for meetings, not on time early. He's a, <laughs> He little nuances of things right. like that matter to him because he knows that it sometimes, and it's dang sure going to be the case in the SEC games, 
it's, it's small details. It's minute adjustments that can make the difference in a win and a loss. And so many times you hear those things and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cute and all, but like, we'll see. It was part of this team's DNA. There was an attention to detail. There was a a tenacity about what they were doing. Even watching them on the sideline, there was energy and there was hype. And the defense was, I mean, TD Moultrie and Derek Hall were going yeah. off. And they they had they were jumping around. They had all this energy. And that's what you are accustomed to seeing with Auburn football. And we got so far away from that. And yes, I understand it's week one and we'll see how things go by the time we're at week six, seven, but it gives you a lot of encouragement that everything we've been hearing in the off season, it wasn't just fluff. They're actually implementing it. Well, the thing that I was encouraged about the most was seeing Shedra Jackson. You know, he had, I think, was six or seven catches. He only had three mm-hmm. catches all of last year. And crazy. And he's he's a senior. So you got to think like he broke his own career high in one game. Yeah. So these guys know that the ball is going to be passed around. Like I've, I've gotten an opportunity to hear Bo's comments on him being under the center and how it did for his psyche as far as like seeing the game at a different level mm-hmm. besides being in shotgun. Uh, and he said it does give you a different perspective and it, it yeah. gives you a different launch point, which what we talked about weeks ago is you're not always sitting in shotgun so the defense know where you're lining up at. So totally. it kind of throws the defense off and keeps them on their heels. When you're able to get under the center and able to, to see the point of attack in the run game and see the play action pass off of it. So, you know, I think this is a, a great start. And like you say, like leading into another week that I think we should dominate. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is just another opportunity for us to get a step better because if you look at like a Georgia and Clemson game, like they went head hunters the first week out and, yeah. you know, the over and under was like 50 points and mm-hmm. it was only one field goal. So, you know, the, the touchdown come off a of pick six. So mm-hmm. I like the way that we're easing into these games because when you have a new coach like Harson, who's coming away from the Midwest to the Southeastern conference, you need mm-hmm. time to kind of get the guys used to you like yeah here Mike Bobo he needs to see Bo Nitz in action in a game mm-hmm. like not in practice or in scrimmage but in a game like so he needs to understand like how he reacts to to good and bad and wasn't much bad to go from in adversity but that will come in the season and how he reacts and then you think about you know these young players like I'm not you know I'm gonna ask you which one of the young players you thought was really good out of Jacquez Hunter or Kobe Hudson or Javarius Johnson like which one of the guys that you saw really, really, you know, can take that step up for us offensively. But mm-hmm. for me, I just like to see the offensive line. They moved the, they moved these guys off the ball this week. They and did. they gave Bo plenty of time to get to his third progression. So that was a good thing to see because they're all mostly seniors except for our right guard. So everybody else, Keandre is the only one that's a sophomore, but everybody else is still are their experience. And this is what we need yeah. to see. 100%. I thought the way Bo carried himself in this game, obviously his execution, he was 20 for 22 with 275 yards. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. Mm-hmm. Let that soak in. <laughs> Let that soak yeah, that's in. That's pretty hard okay? to do on air. So, you know, that definitely yeah. locked in. Incredibly impressive. And even when I spoke with him post game, there was just this confidence, not an arrogance, but a confidence. He seemed very settled. He didn't seem overly high or low on this. His sideline demeanor was a lot better this year. You know, that was something that I really talked about a lot with you. He would, you know, keep to himself a lot last year. At times we would see him bickering with some of his, you know, receivers and None of that was happening. I was right by it. I was paying attention. He was, you know, walking around, high-fiving his linemen. He was communicating with a lot of people. He wasn't off by himself unless he was communicating with Bobo, who was up in the booth. It was just little things. It He seemed different. But the true test is going to come week three. We all know that. I think that this is a fantastic foundation. And it kind of, like he said, for so many of the wide receivers, like they needed an actual game experience. Not, uh, several of them didn't have it. Several transfers needed to play there with this group. Like you take a lot of um, value in that. But week three, an opponent that is closer to the level of this team and in a hostile environment on the road. Look, that's been the narrative of Bo Nix's career. What he does at home in his 
this is a guy that Auburn's in his DNA. It's in his blood. So like being at Jordan Hare gives him a level of confidence. And sometimes when he's hit the road, all of that has regressed. And so I think week three is going to be the true test, but you feel better about it. I, I had a lot more nerves heading into Penn State than I do now. This was the most that a team has ever scored in a first game under a new head coach at Auburn, which is incredibly impressive like you said five tight end receptions all of them were to John Samuel Shanker he had all of them he was the only one targeted but not the only one to see the field they even utilized two tight end sets so it confirmed that Harson wants to use this too all right this is an, an element of the offense that I think they're going to tap into um but 316 rushing yards, 297 passing yards. That is very close to a balanced offense. Very even, very well executed. Um, and like I said, 20 for 22 for Bo Nix. So let's talk about the rushing game because um, Tank Bigsby and Sean Shivers, what else is there to say? These two are dynamic and they run so hard and so physical. It's incredibly impressive to watch. I was very impressed by Jarquez Hunter. He would be my newcomer that impressed me the most week one. And his size is, you know, I think he's going to get overlooked a lot because he's a smaller dude. Uh, like, honestly, I think he's going to get overlooked. Yeah. But I think it'll work to his advantage a little bit, but um run game wise if we can keep those guys healthy this will be I'll say top three ground games in the conference yeah we have a chance like I said Tank what a name you know Tank like ridiculous (laughs) he lives up to the name right yeah so you know (laughs) hey like I said he came out with authority he came out ready to run the football. You can tell like, he was ready to get on the field. He was ready to, to break loose. And this is his first experience of seeing a real Auburn crowd. You know, last season was his first true freshman oh year. Good and he didn't get a chance to see, but only like 18,000 yeah. people. So this was his first real live experience. And when you think about Shivers, Shivers came in where he left off at last year. You know, he's a Love great, him. he's a great number two punch to the number one guy. <laughs> And he's the guy that keeps Tank center. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he's the senior on this team. And he yeah. kind of keeps Tank calm in a lot of situations. And He does. This, yeah, and to see Jaquez come out there and do what he did, yes, you know, it adds depth to the position. So, you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing happens to any of our guys before him. But it gives you the confidence, like, hey, this guy can come in there and run behind the offensive line. You can barely see him. So when you do see him, he's already on you so fast that it's hard for you to make a tackle on him. So – I'm excited about the run game. Like I said, offensive linemen love running the football. Yeah. And because they don't have to think too much, they don't have to sit back on their heels and absorb the punch. They get to go and lay the punch. And that's what mm-hmm. happens when you're an offensive lineman. When you can get the run, the ground game moving, which is going to add eight to eighth in the box, where you get eight people in the box. Now that's going to open right. up one-on-one more, opp- more opportunities to be one-on-one on the outside. But these guys will go up and make big plays. And I think that's why Mike Bobo wanted to make sure that they kind of move the ball around to a lot of these different guys this week because he needs their confidence to be at an all-time high when they go into Penn State. Right. Let's just face it. We're not overlooking Alabama State, but we have to talk about it. He's trying to get prepared for the big dogs because yeah. they're going to be eight in the box. And they're going to say, okay, can Bo and the young receivers beat us on the outside? And those games are coming. We know it. It's in the yeah. schedule. So we have to get these guys' confidence early while we can. I expect the ball to be spreaded around a lot this week, just like it did last week. Uh, That was super encouraging to me, the distribution. We even talked about it in the broadcast that he was hitting a lot more targets. And I think we have talked about this on the show 100%, but I think it it was almost proven in this. Sometimes a super reliable veteran wide receiver can be the detriment of a quarterback. Hear me out on that because you, that is all, you get tunnel vision on the field a little bit. Not very, you know, some of the elite quarterbacks who understand the get Tom Brady's going to hit anybody that's out, you know, it doesn't matter how close him and Gronk are and, and the relationship they've built. Like he's going to find the best situation. You, you get that way as a quarterback, but when you're right. learning your game and your identity as the commander of that offense, 
if you've got that relationship with that wide receiver and they've proven themselves time and time again in big moment opportunities, it's almost subconsciously who you're looking for on the field. You're not looking for the best thing. You're looking for the best guy. And that can sometimes hinder you. And I think that Bo almost got into that a little bit with Seth. Like they knew that it, it, even if they didn't always agree and sometimes you saw some of those, you know, conversations happening on the sideline, like Seth was that big body target. Seth was scrappy. Like Bo knew he could make something happen. And this year, he was back to the drawing board, basically. He was back to, all right, well, I have this crop of wide receivers that, like, we've got to figure it out together, so I'm going to give them all a chance to show me. He was hitting John Samuel Shanker. We put Tank in the passing game. I love that. Like, let's get him out in space and hit him the ball. Like, there are so many different ways that you can go with this offense, and I think him having all of them kind of on the same level in terms of, of you know, communication and repertoire and history together I actually think that's going to benefit this offense in a weird way I like what you say about Tank getting involved in the passing game uh when I play with Ronnie and Carnell like that's the one thing that that helped their careers where we got them yeah. involved in the passing game you know and get them out in an open space and you throw the flat route and he's able to take a five-yard catch into a 15-20 yard game because mm -hmm. he's in open space with a linebacker that's trying to tackle these guys so the more we can get Tank in open space, the more we can get showers in open space, especially in the screen game. And then as a check yeah. down, like I always tell these young quarterbacks, don't look at a check down sometimes as a bad thing. You know, if the defense right. drops off and you get the ball to one of your playmakers in space, like you still can pick up eight to 10 yards and it keeps totally. your offense on schedule. You're not second and 10. You're now second and three, second and four. So mm -hmm. now you can do anything you want to do because you know you got third and short coming up. So right. you know, we just got to continue to stay on schedule. I think as long as this offense stays on schedule, I think Mike Bobo can do a good job. My concern is the moment we get off schedule and we're in these second and tens against really good defenses, how do we respond? Because we don't right. have the experience where, like you said, Bo used to get away with throwing the ball up to Seth Williams mm -hmm. because he know Seth is going to go up and catch it. But, right. you know, he hasn't built that, that core with some of these guys just yet because they're so young. So how does that play in once big games come? Do you have to throw it up? So that's why it's so important for him to go through his progressions and make sure that, okay, this guy's tied up. I know where my number two is. I know where my number three is. And right. if, all, if all else fails, do what you've been doing, run, but just yeah. don't run backwards, just move forward. And I think that's another element that can come into this offense with him scrambling. That was one thing that I noticed being down there and, you know, gives you just something to keep an eye on. This is not a big group of wide receivers. I was actually like, Javarius Johnson is like a pretty small dude. And, and I'm not saying, truly, and I'm not saying that like it can't be effective. Look across the league, like you'll see it, but you feel like you need to have that one, you know, that that's in the, the back corner of the end zone, that deep yeah. threat guy. And I just, but again, maybe the tight end usage kind of helps bridge that gap a little bit, but at least when I was talking to Bo last week, the guys that he was mentioning in terms of who was coming up and who was doing well, I looked down the roster and I was like, okay, these aren't, these aren't the bigger guys. Like these are, actually the more quick agile no those weren't yeah. the ones he was mentioning so that was interesting to me because it's certainly a different way in which he goes about it uh hitting a guy that's that's much you know smaller than Seth Williams was but it's an adjustment and, and and they'll find that rhythm for sure but let me ask you a tough question and people if Harson heard me ask this he would probably be pissed <laughs> this week oh, he's gonna now hear you because he's gonna watch the show Carson, I'm sorry. I just got to ask. And look, this probably won't happen, but let me just ask what you would do. Uh -huh. Now that you saw what there is to see from Sean Shivers and Jarquez Hunter, honestly, <clears throat> would you play tank this week? Oh, yes, no doubt. You got to think like, if you don't play tank this week, guess what tank going to be looking at you like? Dude, are you serious? Like, I got to get okay. my hundred yards, you know, just because guys think that way. Like okay. he's a guy that wants to be a thousand yard rusher. So I get it. when you're going to go against Georgia, let's face it. Do you think he gets a hundred yards against Georgia? I don't know. After watching that right. defense, you know, when he go up against, you know, Alabama defense, will he get a hundred yards? I don't know, you know, because watching the defense. So my thing right. is when you have these teams like Akron, Alabama state, it's more so than just him getting yards but getting used to being in open space and making moves because he's going to get to the second level 
against guys like Alabama State, against Akron, against Georgia State, these teams, like, that's where you score your big touchdown. That's where the 60-yard runs come in and, and, and everything because, yes, you're going to get to those linebackers and everything, but how do you make a move in open space on a safety that's coming downhill at you and you're just one-on-one? All you got to do is make one guy miss, and it's a house call. Like, that takes reps. So I would say play him – at least the first full quarter and half of the second quarter. And then if the game is out of hand at that point, then you can pull him because you know you got okay. two capable bats behind him. Because, you know, Sean Shower still didn't get a lot of carries last week. Um, mm-hmm. but I know he had the one touchdown run, but he still didn't get a lot of carries. So we right. still need to find a way for him this week to get more carries and uh, and to get his groove going. These are called – I call these grooving games. You know, it's kind of like – you just you're grooving up. It's a well-oiled machine, but you're just trying to keep just getting it to where you want to get it to. And all of a sudden, that baby's going to ride. It's like a Cadillac on the highway. That's all it is. <laughs> you just want to be I riding know. smooth. And, and I get it. And I fully anticipate they will. I think it's – I don't envy this situation as, as a coach with that because I think you – they have to know what they have on their hands with mm-hmm. Tank. I mean, you feel like you're watching a future great when you watch him play. Like I used to get mad, Taylor, because they used to take us out of the game when I was playing. I know, but Jay, if but if he gets injured in a game like this, what like but you in just, the first I, half? If he gets I, injured in a game, regardless. But if he gets injured in a game, is twenty eight fourteen? You can live okay. with that. Now, if he gets injured in a game is 42 to 7. Right. Now, you're going to have it's a – It's the whole Tua at Alabama situation. Right. Now, you're going to have a whole thing in. Right. Exactly. So – That's my – that's the balancing act of it is just mm-hmm. knowing that you, you kind of have a gift in the fact that both of our first two games are what they are. Mm-hmm. And we've seen – I think without him, Sean Shivers and Jarquez Hunter are going to be able to get the job done against Alabama State. So, I think you're looking at this going, all right, the ground game's going to be okay. If, if Tank's not playing in Penn State – I think it completely changes oh, yeah. how you're looking at the thing. So, and and the rest of the schedule is the same way. Two years ago, Christian McCaffrey, even though the Panthers had a terrible season, Christian McCaffrey hit the 1,000-1,000 club, passing and rushing. See, he was yeah. unbelievable. He was just absolutely showing out. Mm-hmm. The next season, he got injured, and it he couldn't not be injured. He would come back for a day because he was feeling good and he would injure something else with running backs who are as heavily involved in the offense as Tank Bigsby is going to be for us. It, it could be a domino effect. And so that's why I think like you, you have to be very intentional about him. And like, I know this kid would say, don't you dare take me out of the game. Cause that's his <laughs> fire. I yeah. loved seeing him running toward that first touchdown. He got to like the 10 and started pumping his fist in the air. Like yeah. my guy plays with intensity, regardless who the opponent is. And I get that, but you also watch him play that hard. And I'm like, watch your hamstring, watch your hamstring. Like <laughs> I'm just Especially, always yeah. so trepidatious because he does yeah. run as hard as he does. And we're going to use him in so many versatile ways that like one tweak and this guy could be out three weeks. Well, the one run, the one run that he had in the game, we had like four guys on him, and he was still trying mm-hmm. to run. On those plays, I'm like, Tank, go down. You know, what I'm saying? like, yes. there's no more Same. yards to get. Like, just go down. Like, we don't need three guys hanging on you, and then one guy come and hit you low, and then all of a sudden you're right. out. So, right. I think he needs to learn like when to go down, when to say, okay, I've gotten as far as I can get. Let me mm-hmm. get down so I can get on to the next right. play. So I right. think he needs to learn that. And the I, I, only reason I say play him early in this game is because he's still running to get in shape. You know, he's still not in game game That's shape That's a great yet. point. And, yep. uh, you know, cause we're still so early in this season. So if we get against Penn State and we need him to carry the ball 25 times, is we need him to be yeah, is he conditioned enough right. to do that? Because that's when a lot of pull hamstrings come and a lot of different things come. But when your body is not conditioned to do certain things, and then all totally. of a sudden it's on you, and then all of a sudden you're overworking it. So that's the only reason I would say that's a great question. Fans chime in on it. You know, yeah, it's like I said, it'd be on IG. So hit us with your 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 thoughts about it. But I just think it's just good to play these guys at least the first half just because you're doing it to get yourselves in shape. It's not so much against the opponent, but so much just yeah. for, for self, self-aware. Got it. Great point. I'm glad we asked. Okie hey, dokie. There's no um, wrong question. <laughs> Coach I know Harson, I can ask not you. Mad. 
No, sorry, coach. Um, I want to talk defense with you, but we have one more sponsor to go ahead and tell you about. Our podcast is now partnering with playactionpools.com to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open mm. to everybody. You can sign up for the contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contests, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Electric okay, let's glasses. Talk defense. I know. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk defense because these guys uh, were – flying around to the football and it was a lot of fun to watch they only allowed i'm sorry they allowed minus three rushing yards fantastic love to see it yeah (laughs) Yeah. and uh had six sacks this defense wasn't allowing them to do much i uh wasn't surprised to see that at all but what were your impressions in this first game in terms of Derek mason and his imprint on this system well i tell you what like these guys they Flying around, that's what I would say. You know, they they flew around. They was everywhere you went. There was four guys on the ball, um, and that's what you call team defense. Anytime that you have guys running to the football, is what you always hear coaches holler. You know, get to the football, get to the football. Yeah. It's like you know, you saw that on the on, on the field. And the most impressive thing as well, you saw corners getting involved in the run game, coming up and uh-huh. hitting and sticking guys. Like Roger McCreary, one time the game was out of hand, and I see him on the sideline just itching to want to get back in the game. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> chill out, chill out. You know, but you know he wants to get out there because he wants to get his hand on the interception or he wants to yeah. create a fumble or something. Like these guys just want to make plays, and you see that. And I'm just like, guys, that time will come, you know. And one time he snuck onto the field. And I can see Coach Mason getting on to him and everything. But that just goes to show these guys, they love what they're doing right they're now. Hungry. And they're enjoying it and they're hungry. And this is a new defense. It's a 34 defense. It's not our mm-hmm. traditional 4-3 defense. It's 34 defense. So, you know, you have those guys standing up like Kobe Wooten and Chandler Wooten. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah though, all these guys defensively. But like I said, a 34 defense is all built by the front. And I thought these yeah. guys did a great job of – tying themselves in there, getting after the quarterback, you know, seeing Tony Fair. It was good to see him. Uh, didn't know he was in you his seventh. You can't miss him. <laughs> I didn't know he was in his he's seventh year in, in college. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's a grown man now, I would say, a grown, a man, grown man out there. Man. So, you know, seeing him out there making plays. And like I said, these guys, like, I, I just think, like, our linebackers, McLean and, and Papo, like we already know what to expect from them. And they was very active and coach was trying to pull them out of the game. And here they go, want to stay in the game. I'm just like, guys, <laughs> if you don't get your butts out the game, so it's you can a stay long healthy, season, be ready. <laughs> like, I understand you feel like, oh, that's next hit is not going to hurt anything. But yeah, yeah, you know, let's just get it you might. on out. We'll get you back. You never know. Exactly. So, I, I thought, you know, Smoke Monday, we didn't hear a lot about Smoke because he didn't have to get involved that much. You know, yeah. the run game of Akron never got to the second level. And nah. he never even got a chance to get threatened passes down the field. So he didn't get a chance to get his hands on any balls or anything. So, you know, overall, I was just, I was I liked the way our defense worked. I liked the way they ran to the ball. I liked how they how they didn't have a lot of penalties. Uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of PI calls, it wasn't a lot of jumping off size call. That means right. it was eyes was watching the ball and not listening to the quarterback which is what you Mm -hmm. gotta have in big games guys gotta watch the ball and not try to listen to the quarterback clap or listen to his voice just watch the ball on your get off who up front impressed you the most Ooh, that's a good question um i would probably have to say kobe wooten and i already not say that is because you know Got hurt early in the game. 
decided to come back into the game where some guys will look at this and say, oh, this is Akron. Like, I'm not really trying to be out here. But no, it goes to show you like, no, this guy wanted to come and play. And, you know, I, and I, I respect that because he's one of our leaders on defense. And right. he's a guy that guys actually like pay attention to, they listen to. And, and he's a big guy and he's going to have to be an edge setter. I've said this from the get go. Like when you're in a 34 defense, there's a lot more pressure on your two outside guys that are going to be your edge guys. And he's right. one of those stand up edge guys that got to bring it each and every week. I had the uh, pleasure of doing an interview with the one and only Derek Brown on the sidelines during the game. And uh, he was quite impressed by that defensive front. Obviously he left some big shoes to fill, but uh, he said he expects nothing less. The guys that he played with, obviously he expected them to ball out and he likes this system and thinks it suits all of them well. But um, yeah, it was, there was a level of intensity. Again, something I say on this podcast a lot Teams take on the persona of their coach. And I think Mm -hmm. Harson has his, but I also think you are going to see the Derek Mason imprint on this defense and his bread and butter is energy. He, I mean, every meeting you have with him, every conversation you have with him, it is energized and it is intense and it's passionate and that's the best kind of defensive ball. And so I think that you're going to see that in how they handle just the, the game day environment. You know, I, yes, it was electric the first game back, but you get into the second half, the crowds thinned out a good bit. Let's just be honest. I mean, the student section yeah. did a great job staying in and, uh, and staying with us through the end. But the game got – I mean, you win by 50 points. People are heading to Sky Bar. You know that's my pet peeve, but um, they were doing it. But this this team was creating the energy for themselves, and a lot of it was on the defensive side. These guys were were energized and jumping around, and and I think Mason's going to insist on that kind of play and and kind of energy. And I saw that already. Obviously, they were excited as heck. But you know, Coach Mason, he's a bulldog, and the reason I, I say him. that, Coach, Coach, you don't look like a bulldog. You're a bulldog, Coach. Coach. You just you, you're solid. <laughs> So you're solid. And I like his tenaciousness. I like how he get after the guys and like, man, like, you know, he's up in the booth, but I know I wish he was on the sideline. So people don't really get a chance to see that energetic because he's up in the booth. So, but Zach Etheridge is just the guy that's on the sideline. You see Zach Mm kind of getting into the guys and the DBs (laughs) and you know, Zach, Zach can get a little fire on them, you know, like I I jump into a couple of guys uh, here and there. So it was good to see Nehemiah Prickett. I thought he played really well. I thought he, uh, you know, we're going to need that second corner to have big games for us this year, him and Jalen Simpson. I think those guys, they have really, really going to get a lot of balls thrown at them because of what Roger McCreary brings to the other side. So right. I was really, really proud of what those guys did as well. And like you said, like, you know, Drayshon Miller, when will he show back up? Um, you know, he's a guy that's very talented from West Virginia, adds another depth to this to this defense. And when we get against these teams that like to throw the ball around, especially the old Miss game, you know that ball gets thrown around all over the place. Oh, yeah. At least five DBs. So when will we see Drayshawn Miller back in action for Auburn? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that's a big question everybody wants to know. So hopefully soon. But like I said, I was very impressed with the secondary and a linebacker core and overall just defense. Like, yeah, I know Coach Nick Eason. You know, he's from Cincinnati. I know I got a chance to talk to him pregame. Taylor, you were standing there when I was talking to him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we was talking about the NFL compared to college. And uh, so he's excited to be back in the college game. And he's excited to help these young men. I mean, I I just think it all, it gelled a lot. I've covered a lot of week one games that have new staffs, new head coach, new quarterback, what have you. And there's always a a grace period that you need and a transition period. And it's usually very evident. To me, this seemed like a program that has gelled already. And there's still more to go, don't get me wrong. But I was very impressed, top to bottom, how this ship is being driven. And I, I am very encouraged about what's to come. I really am. Um, but it'll start with Alabama State happening this week. Still a home game, obviously, before they head to Penn State. But um, Alabama State is coming off an overtime win this past week, 14-13 to 13 over Miles. And obviously, last season, they had a spring season. They did not play in the fall. 
They got to the Western SWAC division title where they ultimately lost to Alabama A&M. They were just one game away from the SWAC championship game, though. So uh, a lot of returners for them. Actually, all five offensive linemen have returned. Running back Ezra Gray, who is arguably the best player on their team. Um, They have a very... uh, high caliber tight end that I expect them to utilize as well. Uh, his name's Terrence Ellis. You keep an eye out for him and wide receiver Jeremiah Hickson is their primary target. Now their quarterback, Ryan Nettles, he was actually a finalist in the spring for the Jerry Rice award, which is the top freshman at the FCS level. Um, he had, he was 20 of 30 for 197 yards passing against miles last week. This is definitely a more mobile quarterback than we saw last week in Cato Nelson. It's funny coach Arth, um, the head coach at Akron told us last week, Cato Nelson is a guy that is capable of running and can scramble and, and kind of make you miss with his legs. But he said his knees are those of a 65-year-old. My guy's been injured a lot. He doesn't oh. have the best knees. And so they tried to contain – they don't want him to run very much. So that that's part of their game plan that they keep in mind. This guy, Ryan Nettles, I think he's going to run a lot more. I think you'll see him get out of the pocket a lot more, maybe even throw on the run. Um, definitely a, a difference for our defense to, to kind of have in terms of what they're prepared for in a quarterback. I think this is a very slow build. But I do think this this will be a tougher opponent than Akron. Obviously, we are not anywhere near Penn State, but it will be a step up. Oh, most definitely it's going to be a step up. I do think Alabama State is better than Akron at this point. Like, Akron mm-hmm. is still trying to figure it out. They're now dropped to 1-18 in, in the last two years. So, I don't know what much else to say about Akron, but good luck. And yeah. the quarterback for Alabama State, he's going to be running a lot. And it's not because his he wants to run. It's because the Auburn defense is going to be making him run. So <laughs> – so he, he's gonna be running a lot so um but i just think you know people always talk about hey man what's the catch game on the schedule this one is not the one i think that's a catch game i think like okay. i said we played alabama state two years ago and they came in and it was a 7-0 game at the end of the first quarter so you know these kids gonna go come out and they're gonna give auburn a, their best shot because one they're only 45 minutes down the street and then number two is they get a chance to play on TV a little bit. So they'll be on SEC Network. So they get a chance to be on TV, national sure. televised. So, and they also want to say, hey, I'm playing in front of 80, 90,000 people in the stands. Like how often do you get a chance to do that in the SWAC, you know, play in front right. of that many people. So when these kids come in here, it's a different or to them about coming in here and playing this game. Not that do I think they think they can win. I think every competitor always think they can win. But I think from a psychological standpoint, I think they look at this like, hey, if we can just see where we measure up against some of the best that play in the SEC, then mm-hmm. this is preparing us to try to go out the SWAT championship. You know, this is right. preparing us in our own league. So let's see where we're at against tougher opponents and uh, and everything. So I do think we'll get a lot more fight in them early on, uh, more than Akron, uh, just because, like I said, the closeness of the school. And right. then just the aspect of just, you know, for Auburn, like the catch game for me, I just want to see us really come out and focus. It's the Georgia State game, which we'll talk about in two weeks. That comes after mm-hmm. Penn State, and that's the game right. before we play you know, the gauntlet of our schedule. Um, so, you know, let's just, you know, let's just get through this game. But I want to make sure the guys are not just looking ahead because this is the games that kind of you can get sloppy is what yeah, I mean. Totally. Like, you know, not necessarily losing the game, but you can get sloppy because you're so looking ahead to that big game next weekend. So I want to make sure right. the guys are just locked in and loaded. Okay, so for the last game before – Penn State before, you know, uh, intensity in terms of it'll be ABC primetime. It'll be the first road game in a more hostile environment. What do you need to see in week two? Maybe you didn't see it week one or you just want to see more of. What do they need to make sure to execute and fine tune in this week's game before heading into Happy Valley? Uh, like I was, From an offensive standpoint, continue to get more of the tight ends involved. Uh, you know, I know Shanker is one, uh, Shanker, uh, he's one to have five catches, but you know, from, he's a big kid, you know, he's six, mm-hmm. seven, you know, Luke deal, another big tight end. Like, you know, there's two tight end sets sometimes that you can neutralize a defense on the road in a hostile environment by going to some of those two tight end sets and you're able to hit some of the balls vertical. You're able to hit some of those guys in the flat that are right. big tight ends and that can keep your offense on schedule, especially when there's crowd noise. Um, 
I like to also see some of our younger receivers. You know, I like to see Javaris Jackson get more catches than he got this past week. Uh, I like yeah. to see, you know, I like to see more of Capers. You know, I, I want to mm-hmm. see more of him. See what see what he's doing. Um, it's just Shedrick Jackson. Can he continue the success off of this week? You know, can he right. follow that up with a big week this week? And uh, where is Elijah Cannon? You know, can we get Elijah Cannon more involved? Because we talked about earlier that yes, some of our bigger receivers wasn't involved and that is Elijah Cannon and um my man right. I just talked about so capers and yeah capers so those two guys are like six four six five so those mm-hmm. are our big guys and you know so a lot of that for them is they need reps and they need yeah. catches in games so I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll find themselves more involved in the rotation this week and I want to see Demetrius Robertson what can he do in the special teams department and also mm-hmm. what can he do in our passing game um as well like can we hit him on some deep over routes can we get the ball in his hand on a crossing route where he he catching the ball and, and, and he's a linebacker chasing or receiver uh, db is chasing him like can we get these guys in open space where he's really good at and right you know so i just want to see what we do in open space from a special team standpoint with demetrius and like I said, with Javaris Johnson, let's utilize his his athletic ability. And we also have another kid named Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm mm-hmm. Johnson, like a lot of people don't know about this kid. He's like number 16, but this kid can flat out fly. Like he's up there with Swartz, but not right at Swartz level, but he's yeah. right next to him on a, on a speed level. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him out this Saturday and see him go down the field um, and, and see the ball go deep. Deep, see see if he can stretch the field because you're going to need that. We have got to yeah, find a way to get eight guys out the box when we go against him. I don't really care too much about what does Akron do? What does Alabama State do? I'm worried sure. about the big games. Like when we get against these teams, going to put eight guys in the box and they're going to blitz us and they're going to say, hey, a lot of their blitzes is not the blitzes just to get to the quarterback. A lot of their run blitzes where they're trying to run yeah. blitz you to get certain gaps and make you have to throw the ball. So I want to see – can we utilize and stretch the field just to get those guys to have to, Hey, you got to pay attention to this guy. Now we can't just leave him one-on-one on on the Island. So we got to get to that next level. Speed will also be a prominent difference with different opponents. Mm -hmm. That was one thing I was noticing with Akron, even speed off the ball at the line of screen. Like it was just, they were behind like half a second. It seemed like that will change. Like, I think, you can't get too accustomed to the these early matchups and the speed of them because everything gets kicked up a notch once you're in SEC play. So that'll be something I'm looking for. Uh, as well as I, I need to see more from TJ Finley. We saw him a little bit. And um, That's a good point. I think what I saw in week one is probably what Harson and Bobo saw. Some, uh, good gracious, the size of the kid. I mean, you and I were standing there looking at him. We we're like, my dude could play basketball. He's so tall and lanky. I mean, hey, well, Bruce Pearl was are... on the sideline. Now, Bruce Pearl may be able to give him a little elbows. Like, hey, you know, hey, Bruce, hey, is, you know? <laughs> Bruce is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, so certainly a, a stature and a body size that you could take advantage of. I mean, God, he can see over all the linebackers. So like, he's fine. But he um, he didn't look ready. I'll be honest. He didn't look ready to me. He looked um, like he needs those game reps. And of course he does, right? I mean, he's he hasn't been here very long, even in this system with these um, this personnel. Like, he needs those reps because the reality is, as impressed as I was with Bo Nix's performance in week one, in the game of football, you are one play away from being out. That is just the reality of it. If Bo ends up injured, this kid has to be a little more settled in his role than he was week one. And the only way you get there is some live reps. So I hope that this is another situation where it's comfortable enough that we can put him in there and let him go because he needs to kind of find his footing here at Auburn. That's a great point. Uh, I think that may be the number one point, honestly. And the reason I say that is because it's so hard on a quarterback when the game is over. Like, and you have to come totally. in and play. And then, so you're playing with backups that out there with you. And then you're going against backups and, you know, things just kind of get disarray. And, you know, sometimes you're not on the same page. I would like to see him once the game was like 30 something to zero, get into the game. Because mm-hmm. at that point, you still have a couple of the guys that, that the starters out there with you. And it can give you a more of a flow of the game. But when you sure. look up and it's 47 to zero and coach like, okay, go in the game. 
in your mindset, you think like, oh, what you gonna do is just run the ball, run the clock out. And they you did know? a lot. And, and, and so when you come to throw the ball, it's like, okay, we're gonna throw this out right over here or throw this. And like you said, yes, he looked a little off tilt. And I, I, I think a lot of that has to do because mentally, as a quarterback, you know the game is over and you're expecting us to call a run play every play. That's why I say right. if this game, I would like to see him play more. Say this game is hypothetically 28 to zero at halftime. Okay, let's give Bo one drive in the second half and then, okay, TJ, let's go. Like, yeah. Because like you said, we need to get him ready because the unknown. Look at what happened to um, was in Nebraska or Illinois. Look what happened to Illinois the first game of the season. I mean, yeah. so – the starting quarterback goes down and all of a sudden the second guy comes in there. They doesn't really miss a beat because he has experience right. from playing. So we need to get him in there where there's more live action with some of the starters, some of the receivers that, he, that he'll throw to if he had to come and fill in. Because you say it is a new place. It's a new place. It's a new mm-hmm. system. And and everyone has big expectations for this kid. Like you say, you look That's at him true. and his size is like Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. <laughs> So, so <laughs> there's big dude. Uh, yeah. So automatically, there comes big expectations because of your yeah. size. And That's can so he throw true. it? Yeah, the kid can throw it. He got a rocket for mm-hmm. arm. But like I said, I think it's all for him is fundamentals. I th- I really think yeah. after studying him and Bo, Bo's getting a little bit better fundamentally. That's why he was able to do a lot of things because his feet was telling him where to go with the ball because it, right. it lined up with the receiver. I think with TJ, that's the next step for him. Can we get TJ's feet in the right place at the right time? And can TJ, uh, you know, buy into it? Because these right. guys, they all are talented, but they got to understand that the fundamentals is a huge part of the game. Absolutely. That is very prevalent for him. And I don't know if any of our grad coaches have eligibility. So uh, we need Finley <laughs> to be South the guy. Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina, what are we what doing? What in the world? Speaking of, let's talk about some results across the conference. The only two teams that did not win in week one were Vanderbilt, as we already said, 23-3 to against East Tennessee State. They were only able to get a field goal on the board. I apologize, Vandy. Um, and the other team that lost week one was LSU, losing to UCLA oh, in the Rose one. Bowl. What? I called UCLA was going to win that game. I said you did. Because, oh, yeah, I called it. I called it. We know, Jay. We know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look, that was – I I have the LSU game this week. I'm actually heading to Baton Rouge tomorrow. So, in prepping for this one, it just feels like – all the problems they had last year, nothing's gotten better. Well, let's just call a spade a spade. Like, Go you ahead. know, Joe Brady is in Charlotte. You Joe know, Burrows the, and Cincy. Joe Burrows and Cincy. The defensive coordinator <laughs> is the head coach at Baylor. And let's face it, that's the year they won a national championship. So it doesn't matter how good your head coach is supposed to be. Like it takes great coordinators that really gets the football team going. And let's face it as well. Coach Ezron has had a lot to deal with at the quarterback position. His starting quarterback gets hurt two weeks before the season starts. Right. So this is a guy that had been taking all the reps. Yes, you know, Johnson comes in. He had some reps last year. He got some games last year. He had some experience. But it's one thing to go with your starter up to two weeks before the season. All of a sudden – Okay, right. now he's out of there. We flip him. Johnson, right. you're back in. And Johnson's a lefty. So that's totally different. Receivers seeing the ball come out different. So we'll see what LSU does. Like, I just think that they had too much going on last week with Hurricane Ida. That's why I picked UCLA because it's a 16-hour bus ride to Houston. Then you fly out to LA. It's just too much going on. That's and that's the reason I picked UCLA. So I think LSU will get back on the charts. But – one week one was a watch, but I think this was a, a game that it, it just wasn't for them. I know, but also, why the heck were they ranked thirteen heading into week one? Because of recruiting, like yeah, I think anytime Come they're, on. They, they're top eight in recruiting every year. Think about it: Georgia's top three every year, Alabama's yeah. top three every year, and recruiting. So they just expect those guys to reload because it's that's what they think. Otherwise, everyone in the conference won. I think uh, as much as we wish it wasn't the case, <laughs> Alabama looks like uh, – they look like they could win <sighs> a championship right now. Uh, like, uh-huh. I just – they – look, given what the way everyone else looked week one, they are light years ahead. 
Well, I'll just say this. Miami defense, sorry Tavares Robinson, played with us at Auburn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Miami defense is nowhere close to Georgia defense, nowhere close to Auburn's defense. So I think Auburn has a chance against them in our backyard. And I think Georgia has a chance against them because if they play defense the way they played defense against Clemson the other night, yeah. they can win that game. And I understand, you know, yes, they look like a machine that just can, keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. But I will say I like where the, our, two, our defense and Georgia's defense, I think, has the opportunity to defeat them this year. Okay. Um, the thing in Alabama just lost a linebacker that was all SEC last year out yeah. for the season. Um, you know, I hate to see that. I hate to see injuries early on in the season. I like to have all guys playing. But I, I just think, are they the team to beat in the SEC right now? I, I It's between them and Georgia. I, I, I would have okay. to say Alabama just because offensively, I still think they, they are ahead of Georgia. You. Yeah, they can put I points on you. Georgia has to rely on shutting down teams by smothering them with their defense. Right. So right. that's the difference in that aspect. Auburn, will Auburn defense be at top five at the end of this year? We'll be top three in the SEC at the end of this year. We'll be standing with those two teams from a defensive standpoint. I would have to say yes, just because of simple fact. Too. I back in and our linebacker court. And I like that we have Kobe Wooten. I like that we have – you know, Caleb Johnson and Derrick Hall and these guys, I, I think these guys, the more experienced and Nick Eason being their D their D line coach, I think he will have them prepared. My concern will be when teams face us with their defense, when Georgia and Bama face us with their defense and they got eight in the box, are we there experienced enough at the time we play them to be able to score points to outscore them a little bit? Because right. I think the games will stay within the 20s. I don't think you get into the 30s and 40s against these yeah. defenses. But will we have enough? And Alabama will face Florida in a couple weeks. And I actually was so impressed by their backup quarterback, Anthony yeah. Richardson. I mean, Emory Jones, he has waited. I love his story. He has waited yeah. his turn. He's been behind Kyle Trask. Now yeah. he gets a shot. And they have this phenom freshman and Anthony Rich who comes in and makes a highlight tape hurdling people. Uh, but that'll be an interesting one. I think you got to kind of see Bama in environments like that to get a, a, a real gauge on it. But just in terms of, you know, how, how structured they are, how disciplined they are and what they were able to show in week one, they look, they looked more like a week five, week six team than a week one. So whatever okay real quickly other scores Tennessee won over Bowling Green Kentucky won over UL Monroe Kentucky actually looked pretty good I'm kind of keeping Kentucky my eyes looked on okay Kentucky looked okay um yeah. Tennessee quarterback and throw it like a rocket yeah so. love to see it Arkansas defeated Rice uh look Arkansas had a better season last year than a lot of people anticipated so we'll see what Pittman continues to put together there Mississippi State got in by this <laughs> I mean Barely, barely, well, my barely. My poor brother, he went to Mississippi State. He was still about to pull his hair out. He's just like, I mean, I, 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 he said, I don't know if Coach Leach is serious or not serious because I you don't know, interview. Dude. I mean, everything, every time he does an interview, it's something like that. I was just like, oh, gosh, I was just I like, know. man. But, anyways, moving on. 35 to 34 <laughs> over Louisiana Tech because Louisiana Tech missed field goal there at the end or they would have lost. Um, Missouri beat Central Michigan. South Carolina beat Eastern Illinois, a shutout, 46-0. to zero. Georgia took down Clemson, 10-3, to three. wild. Uh, Florida beat FAU. Texas A&M beat Kent State. We already talked about Vandy and LSU. And Ole Miss beat Louisville, 43-24, to 24, even without Ole Kiffin, who was uh, unfortunately at home with COVID-19. So, they defense was a lot across better. across the board. They did. And look, I've always thought Matt Corral was a, a great quarterback for them. He loves to air it out. And uh, I think the pairing of, of him with Lane Kiffin was the best thing for his game. Yeah, I think Ole Miss, from an offensive standpoint, they scare you because they can put up points. Like, yeah, they, they put up 50 on Alabama last year. Mm -hmm. So we get them on a the Halloween game and like we understand that they're going to score. Um, yeah. But I think we can get after them a little bit. But my whole thing is, their defense has always been their Achilles heel. And those guys, they actually played better the other night from a defensive standpoint. Now, if that continues yeah. to happen, Ole Miss could, could 
be a little bit challenging of an opponent than a lot of people gave them credit for before the season started. So right now I'm thinking the West is coming down between the big three. I still think LSU is out of it until, unless they show me something. It's going to come down between Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, and the SEC West. Pretty sure I said that. But anyway, um, <laughs> we won't go back to that argument. It's fine. Um, but I also, what I love to see in week one, because, you know, normally we have to wait till postseason for this to happen. Um, we had three ACC, SEC matchups in week one. Yeah. And SEC, SEC won, won them all. Handily. Love to uh, see except it. Except for the Georgia game. It wasn't handily, but the Louisville and um, Ole Miss and, game was handily. And, and Alabama, uh, Miami. Was handily. So. Love to see it. <laughs> Sorry, ACC. Um, but that is going to do it for us this week. We will uh, patiently wait and see how week two goes. And hopefully uh, our Tigers can put another impressive showing together before they uh, head to Happy Valley, which is the game that we will preview on our episode next week. Obviously, will be an exciting one. Uh, golly, I'm already nervous for that one, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to uh, preview that one with you next week, and we'll recap all the action from this week as well. So make sure you join us. Uh, we are going to try and start putting the video portions out on YouTube. So if you're a visual person and you prefer to watch us run our mouths, we'll have those options for you as well. Or you can continue to listen to us as a podcast the way you always do in Spotify, podcast app, on Believe's website, however you prefer to take in our show. We'll continue to give you those options. So make sure you stick with us. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review and uh, we'll continue to crank these out as season continues. So thank you as always for listening. Jason and I greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the game this week. War Eagle. Peace. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.